Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great. I am Jason Kong, and for Dave Alexander this week, Dave Tim Ferruzzi, here to keep me straight. How are you doing this morning, good, Tim? Good. Hope you are. I'm doing Thanks great. For I'm doing, Tim, we're going to really test out your radio chops today because they've <laughs> saddled you with me, all the dead weight in the building. So we're, we're going to see just how good you are. I think you're going to be fine. Well, I, I hope so. And uh, for those listening, you're welcome to chime in as well. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Later on in the show, Tim, we're going to be talking about uh, sheds, and the folks from Shed Depot are going to be here. But uh, we're going to start out talking about crawl spaces. So mm-hmm. Tell me what I need to know about having a crawl space. Well, that's the place that you don't really want to go. Right? <laughs> Most of us don't even uh, open our crawl space doors maybe once a year, if mm-hmm. that. Maybe to store a few things like a, a banana tree or banana plant or some ladders or some old shingles or something like that, siding. Um, well, crawl spaces are important. Um, you know, you've got to look at them. You've got to make sure that uh, you don't have uh, uh, a bunch of critters under them and too much moisture. Um, a lot of us, I would think, would have, uh, you know, pest control service. Like, you know, there's a, a variety of them out there. And uh, generally, if you've got that kind of a, an account, they'll come out once a year and, and investigate for you and give you their opinions. And um, you want to make sure the biggest thing with, with crawl spaces, you want to just make sure there's not uh, too much moisture under there. So, and how, how do you tell? How, what are the, the signs uh, you might look for? Well, uh, when you open it, how, how bad is the smell under there? Obviously, it's going to have some some smell, but uh, because it's usually stagnant, uh, even with the foundation vents, that the air doesn't move a lot under the house. And, and typically, we'll have all our plumbing and electrical uh, pipings and, and, and a wire down there, as well as some of our heating and air systems and sometimes our water heaters. Um, so um, one of the ways you can do it is with a moisture reader. And uh, we have a couple types of, we have one moisture reader that does absolute humidity and, and uh, obviously relative humidity. And uh, just using different types of mechanisms on the device, we can you know, go into the house and, and, and put it in the wood, in the, in the lumber that supports your house. And, and uh, if we get a reading of 20, 21, 22% or higher, that's not a good thing. So that's, that would be considered dry rot because you have so much moisture in the air that the um, – the structural beams are uh, absorbing it. And, of course, because you have that much water under the house, humidity in the air, um, you're getting dry rot. So the wood just basically uh, begins to disintegrate. Um, and then, of course, all the organisms, bioaerosols, mm-hmm. you know, mold, all of it likes to, to follow that. So that's one of the big things is, is, is probing the wood and, and checking um, obviously, if you see water under your house, um, puddles, that's not a good thing. And we have a, a variety of um, uh, solutions for that kind of thing, and, and we'd be happy to come out and take a look and see what you have going on. Now, obviously, if you have some of that going on, one of the main things you want to do is how's the water getting under there? You know, do, right. you, need, do you need gutters? Uh, is your roof crumbling and water coming in places it's not supposed to because the roof is not overhanging enough? Um, so controlling the water on the outside has a lot to do with what's going on under the house. And of course, how your land is, uh, developed and, 
um, how the water flows. Sometimes people have backyards that are on a hill or front yards, and the water just comes from the neighbor's house and the street and the driveway and runs right to their house. And I see that a lot, especially in Wake County with all the hills we have and the clay. So um, That's actually a problem that I have at my house. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had to install uh, – you know, some sort of runoff and sort of try and redirect the the water because mm-hmm. uh, only after, you know, a, a big storm or a big rain, but there was be a, a significant amount of water in the crawl space. And, yeah. you know, I, every time... Have I, you done anything about it yet? I, we have, we have. We've done uh, some rerouting and we've, uh, uh, you know, put in, uh, done some landscaping to help uh-huh. with the water yeah. runoff. Yeah. And I, I think it's helped, but yeah. after every storm, I'm, I'm down in the crawl space checking, you know, check because... Well, you should. That's uh that could be a, a that could set you back significantly. Oh yeah, right? I went out to a young person's, young couple's house. I, I remember this vividly. It must have been 15 years ago, and they had just moved in the house. I think two or three years prior, and they couldn't have been any older than late 20s, and it was their first significant investment. And um, they wanted me to go into the house and take a look because they were having some issues inside the house. And 75 percent of their uh, framework under the house, their joist, floor joist, and girders were completely rotten. Oh, wow. And I felt so so bad for them because that is a major, major, I mean, essentially your house is worth nothing at that point until you get that resolved. Uh, now, uh, Tim, you're with Highland Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers. Which is worse, being up on the roof or being down in the crawl space? Which is which is your well, most dreadful? I, oh, I'd prefer the roof anytime, as long as it's not a really really steep roof. Obviously, um, let the guys handle that. But um, obviously, uh, on a roof because you're getting all the fresh air, right? Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. You're closer to the heat. <laughs> um, you know, some crawl spaces are nice. You know, the large ones that are five and six feet deep that you can get around, but a lot of them don't have that or they have that on one part of the house and not the other part of the house. So, um, uh, But yes, roof would be my preference as far as between the two. I can see. More space to move around. 919-860-9783 if you want to chime in. 919-860-9783 if you got a question about your crawl space or anything related to uh, home repair, home improvement. Tim is the guy who will answer your questions. I will just tell you, uh, I don't know, ask Tim because that's that's about the level of my expertise here on making your home great. Well, Tim, uh, so you've told us what, what you do, what you go into look for. Uh, when, when you're checking out a crawl space. Um, but are there preventative measures that uh-huh. uh, well, people can take now? Yeah, and the other things you're looking for is not only puddling and um, obviously the moisture reading, which you might have to have a professional do that. Some of these small water uh, uh, readers that you can buy, moisture uh, detectors, uh, may or may not work in that circumstance. Uh, the one we have is a pretty sophisticated device. But you can try and see how that works. Um, the other things you're looking for are um, how's the insulation look? Is the insulation hanging down? Uh, how do the joists look? Does it have spores growing all over as well as on the insulation? And we've talked about a previous show where you do need to replace your insulation under your house, um, in my opinion, every 15 or 20 years. Um, but so often we don't do that. Uh, in fact, we just did um, – uh, a job recently um, where we pulled all the insulation out and uh, did some major repairs, and we also you know, put mildicide on all the joists under the house and just cleaned them all and, and killed all the spores. 
And of course we let that dry out and put, did the repair obviously prior to that. And then we put insulation back. So some of the things you can do uh, to help prevent that is uh, obviously addressing the sources outside that are, are bringing that there. Sometimes it's a French drain or a modified French drain of sorts. And that can be a number of what done a number of ways. Uh, and that's typically just something as simple as digging a, a trench around your house. And it can be something large and wide. If you've got a basement and you're going deeper, obviously that trench has got to be very large and then you got to deal with um, confined space issues. And you don't ever want the soil to fall back on a worker when he's in that environment. So the further back you go away from the house and digging it and maybe putting in supports is always a recommendation if you're um, doing a, a full-scale basement type of uh, uh, French drain uh, water protection type of thing on the wall. Because when you do that, that modified uh, French drain, you're going to want to make sure you coat the walls so you're not just putting the French drain in itself. You're also coating the walls on the outside and doing lots of things while you have it all open. Of course, you have to let it dry. And um, and then you can just do something smaller if you don't have a basement. You just have a, a shallow crawl space. You can just go down three feet, four feet, get down to the footing. Not, not three or four feet, but a couple feet, if you, you know, whatever the footing point. And you want that piping for that um, French drain to be level with that uh, – uh, footing. You don't want it higher than the footing. You want it level with the footing, like from the tops of both should be equal to one another. Um, sometimes people put the piping too high. So, and we can talk further about that after our break. I yeah, we'll, we take a break. We'll, we'll absolutely get to that. 919-860-9783 if you'd like to call in. 919-860-9783 if you've got a question about your crawl space or anything related to home repair. You can talk to Tim Feruzzi of Handy Helpers Highland Residential Roofing as well. Uh, I'm Jason Kong in for Dave Alexander this week. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. All right, rocking the Beyonce News Radio 680 WPTF 919-860-9783 919-860-9783 taking your calls here on making your home great. We're talking about crawl spaces, uh, but we'll take your questions or comments about anything right now. Well, anything related to home repair. Uh, well, anything for that matter. If, if you want to chime in on anything, I, I'm sure I can steer you back into home repair. Tim Ferruzzi here with Handy Helpers. Highland Residential Roofing. I'm Jason Kong in for Dave Alexander this week. And as I said, we are talking about crawl spaces and we've got Greg in Cary on the line. Greg, you're on News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, guys, thanks for taking my call. I've got three separate situations, so I hope I can get them all in. So one is I have a, a rental property that I just I just heard you guys speak about the importance of gutters. And so uh, it's an older home that I purchased. It has gutters on the front, but it doesn't have gutters all the way around. And um, the question is, what's the impact of not having the, the gutters um, is in, in regards to rodents? I would say uh, probably a fairly large impact because um, the more moisture that you have around your house and under your house, the more attraction uh, to the uh, rodents 
the more attractive it's going to be to the rodents and to pests, other pests under your home because it's obviously going to give them food. Because where, where moisture is, you have more insects typically. So if you can control the water with gutters, get them down downspouts and maybe even piped underground in certain scenarios or away from the, the way, as far away from the house as possible, even if you do, you know, uh, three or four foot extension. So it just depends on how much moisture you have under your house. I run across some situations where crawl spaces are just fine without gutters being on the outside of the house, but it just depends on your terrain and, and uh, your, your type of soils. Okay, that particular house has a problem with uh, groundhogs. Okay. So, okay. You got groundhogs going in the crawl space or just around the area? Under the crawl space and in in the area. Wow. How are they getting under the house? They're they're digging holes. Wow. Um, I haven't seen much of that. Um, Sounds like that's the, is that the Chapel Hill area? No, no, no. That's actually my property in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I know that there's groundhogs around here, but uh, I thought they were more towards the mountains, the Appalachian type area, more so. Um, but yeah, I would think anything you can do as far as minimizing moisture under your house is going to definitely help with that situation. Okay. So the the next situation is with the the house with a crawl space that. Periodically, there is a the odor that's coming from under the house, and then, then for some reason, it just clears on its own. So I've seen these advertisements where you can um, kind of coat the entire basement with the plastic and so forth. As with your experience, does does that do any good? Is that something that I should be looking into? Um, I'm not a big fan with just doing stuff on the inside of a basement. I think that uh, the biggest uh, hurdle and obstacle and success is going to be doing the stuff on the outside. Um, So this stuff that they sell, you know, typically just from the inside view that this is going to solve your problems in the basement, uh, I would say is not true. Uh, It helps, but you really need to do all your work on the outside uh, related to the roof and the gutters and the landscaping and French drains and coatings on the exterior of the wall with the proper products. And then once you've done all that and it's, it's done properly, then, you know, doing um, some coatings inside on the cement walls uh, would make sense as just uh, an extra piece of redundancy. Okay. And the last issue is in regards to my, my own property with the basement. Um, my neighbor had problems with, um, he had to do some redirecting at his, at his home. He, he had four floods where it may have been a foot of soil water in his basement. And I hadn't experienced that in the uh, eight years or so that I've been in the house. But just recently, um, I did get more water into the house. You know, I'm a carpet and uh, pad guy where I had to um, vacuum those up and then get dryers and humidifiers down there. So, um, so I, I think I heard you guys early speak about redirecting. Um, so you, you, you mentioned before the break, um, it's like two feet, two to three feet, uh, of pushing it away from the house. Is that going to be sufficient for the uh, for the downspouts? Yeah. 
Well, if you have a basement, you're going to want to get them out further. Um, we're doing a house now where we've got a slab. It's a brand new home, and um, uh, I mean literally brand new. And um, we'll be doing. We've put the gutters up on the house where they weren't put on originally with the new construction, and now we'll be doing some piping under the ground for her just to get the water away back to a small ravine um, at the back of the property. And um, she's on a slab that's raised up six to eight inches, and she's doing that much. So if you've got a basement, you're definitely going to want to get the water um, uh, piped underground. And I don't recommend using the black black corrugated pipe. I recommend using the um, a PVC. I like to use a Schedule 40 PVC. Um, again, I would rather spend a little extra money and have something that I know is going to be thick and it's going to last a uh, hundred years uh, versus some of the thinner uh, products out there that are PVC. So, any anytime you so in a basement situation, I would say you'd want it uh, further away than three or four feet. Now, if you're on the back of the house and and that's an area where you don't have ground. Uh, dirt piled up around the basement, then I would think you're okay going out three or four feet. But if you're on the front of the house and you're eight feet deep soil landscaping and that walls and basement, that water needs to definitely be, you know, piped underground to somewhere far away. And then the other things you can also do, uh, there's lots of other solutions as well, but that would be one of the main things. And make sure your gutters are or are substantial enough and water's not just running behind them or over them. So sometimes a six-inch gutter or if you've got a homemade gutter uh, type of thing, like something that's maybe a small PVC-type product, make sure you have the right gutters is important. Uh, getting them piped away from the house. And then how's the landscaping done around the house? And then obviously the thing we talked about earlier is some of these coatings, but that's a labor-intensive job. Um, getting close to a house, you really can't bring in big equipment or even small tractors because you're always worried that you're going to damage the footing or foundation. So a lot of times you have to, you know, do that by hand. And there's a lot of safety issues and intense amounts of labor and 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 dirt uh, handling that. But landscaping around a house can be helpful. Um, and maybe even if you have a basement, maybe having your landscaping go further away from the house, maybe a large bed that has a lot of plants that like to drink a lot of water can be some solutions as well. Instead of something just very narrow, you could do a larger bed to help and see how that works. You got some ideas there, there, Greg, that, that you think will help you? Yes. Now, the, the name of the company, and I, I think I may want to have come out to give an assessment of what I have going on out there. Yeah. What's the name of the company? Uh, Handy Helpers. Uh, Handy Helpers, and you can find us at handyhelpersremodel.com, H-A-N-D-Y, helpers, just like it sounds, remodel.com, handyhelpersremodel.com. And you can also call us at 919-676-5969. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, sir. Thanks, Greg. Hey, Greg. Thank you so much for the call, and uh, and please give us a call back as you uh, as you try and tackle these problems, and let us know if you have any other questions or uh, if if some of these suggestions are working. Let us know nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three if you want to take Greg's line and uh, have a question for Tim about crawl spaces. That's the subject of making your home great right now, and 
Uh, you know, when you buy a house, a lot of times uh, when you have the inspector come out, a buyer or seller, mm-hmm. you know, they're always in a crawl space looking for things. So a lot of us know if we've been around long enough, to, we know that there, there can be issues in the crawl spaces uh, with uh, moisture. So um, a lot of us have had those issues. And um, some of us wait a while to address it. Some of it got addressed when we bought the house. But I would still follow up after you've bought the home once it was repaired just to make sure that the, the repair was done uh, sufficiently because sometimes the moisture may come back. Um, you don't want to just replace the girder or the joist or the band and um, assume that the problem has been resolved because it might reoccur because the moisture issue was never solved. They just fixed the damage right. the result and never really said, okay, here's the solution long term to make this not happen again. Yeah, you uh, you definitely don't want that to happen. 919-860-9783 if you've got a question for us. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. rocking the house music right now. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great. I am Jason Kong in for Dave Alexander. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing is here. As always, to take your calls, 919-860-9783. We're talking crawl spaces right now. Uh, We're going to be talking with the folks from Shed Depot next hour. And, uh, Tim, you also have some some information on shows that are upcoming this month as well. So, by the way, next Saturday we're going to be talking about plumbing and water heaters. That's a big one. And then uh, the following Saturday we'll be talking about moisture control, more on a holistic process of your house or building versus just crawl spaces. So moisture control, things you can do around your house. And then the following Saturday, we'll be talking about kitchens. And we've got the next couple of planned out after that, but we're not going to inundate you with too much info now. But So plumbing and water heaters next Saturday, moisture control the following, and then kitchens the following. A lot of uh, moisture and water themed uh, programs, it sounds like. Coming well, up. yeah, moisture is a big issue with with buildings. It certainly yep. is. And we've got a, a call right now. We've got John and Carrie on the line. And, John, you've got a question, it looks like, related to piping. Yeah. I just, um, hey, Tim and, and guys, I just want to ask you about the Schedule 40 PVC that you were talking about just with the previous caller. I've got a lot of roof space and a lot of driveway, um, and I've got a lot of water that's just going down the drive and, and near my home. And I was going to put in um, some type of way to get, get this water away, and, and the Schedule 40 was it sounded like it gets messy, but what I wondered was, when I put that in, is there any kind of base I have to put under, or because of the type of piping it is, just need to make sure it's heading downhill? Yeah, we don't typically put a base under it um, because it's so thick. As long as what's under it is uh, solid, if you end up digging out mm-hmm. more in certain areas and just try to recompact it with just, you know, stomping it down or using a tool of some kind just to make sure it's structural underneath it or, or you know, strong enough, but... Uh, typically, you know, when you're installing that, you're going to be using 20-foot pipe or 10-foot pipe, and it's so rigid that um, as long as you've got enough support under it here and there, uh, you shouldn't have any issue. But no base is necessary Okay. Schedule 40. And are you connecting it directly into the actual, um, um, you know, the gutters? Yeah, or, yeah. Or like a, 
Yeah, so yeah. what I mean, there's, it can be done different ways. You can put in a drain under the gutter, uh, one of these uh, uh, landscaping drains, and tie right into that. Uh, most people, we just run the the uh, Schedule 40 out with a coupling uh, like a 90 degree and sure. uh, just get it a couple inches above the ground and then tie the, um, uh, the downspout to that. And sometimes we'll use black pipe or something similar, just maybe six inches or whatever to get it from the downspout to that. Every situation is different. So, yeah, totally makes sense. Yep. One last, one last thing in regard to that, then, where it's going to actually be pumping that water out, what are you using then to make sure that you're not having critters coming up and getting up onto your roof or getting into your, you know, to that area? Is there any kind of, I would assume it may take leaves and stuff down there, so I would guess you wouldn't want to put any kind of screen at the end, but how do you, yeah, is there any way of doing that? Or most not? people don't put anything on the end. Uh, we have done that in a few cases where we felt like there were some snakes out in the woods where we piped out to. So yeah. you, they've got different types of things. You can go to some of the big box stores or plumbing stores and find different uh, uh, plastic PVC grates that would fit on the end of it, and you could okay. even do some. Obviously, you want something that, like you said, is not going to um, be but so tight because you want to make sure that debris is able to flow. And the nice thing about this is if you ever want to clean it out, you just um, slightly disconnect it right there at the downspout, black pipe, whatever you got for that short connection, you just hose it out with your water yeah. hose, put a little pressure in there if needed, and, and, and it'll wash out. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the advice. Thanks yes, sir. So much. Yep. Hey, yep. John, thank you so much for the call. 919-860-9783 if you want to chime in as well. 919-860-9783. And, uh, and Tim, we've been obviously talking about crawl spaces here, and uh, we've had a couple calls from people with some residential questions, but uh, this also applies to the commercial mm-hmm. world as well and yep. uh, commercial building repair. Yep, yep. we do uh, commercial buildings. So um, we've got a, a warehouse that we're working on now that um, that was just ignored for years. It was a prefab building, probably built in the 70s, and uh, they never cleaned the gutters out, so we ended up having to replace uh, 40 feet of that, and uh, I guess each side of the building is probably uh, about 200 feet long, so we had to replace 40 feet of that, and then four of the downspouts, you know, we're having to go under the driveway with Schedule 40 PVC to the small retention pond behind the property, and um, right now what they've got is water coming into the building between the slab and the metal structure, and, of course, what they're warehousing is it's not a good thing. So we're going to get four of those downspouts on one side of the building, you know, underground and out to the uh, retention pond, and that will solve their problem. And then the other side of the building, four of the eight downspouts on that side, the back half of the building, will just extend those out uh, four feet uh, with some PVC. Um, we're not going to use black pipe because we're worried about some of the landscaping that may go on and maybe some of the trucks that come by. So we're going to use a heavier product there as well. And that'll be above ground just to get the water away from the, the building. Very good. Uh, and handyhelpersremodel.com is where you would go if you need some help in that regard. Tim's, Tim's the guy to do it. Now, we, uh, we were talking uh, previously about uh, other solutions that we can get to, uh, to help our crawl space, keep them clean, keep them dry. Uh, do we have some more solutions there in that regard? Yeah, so uh, vapor barriers, something as, six, as, as simple as a six mil plastic is usually required on most properties. And if you've had it there for a while, a lot of times, if it's been there 15 or 20 years, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to put another layer on top of what you have there because it gets 
you know, people run in the house, it gets wrinkled up and part of it knocked off part of the area and torn up over years. So some people pull it completely out and I'd say semi-straighten that out and put another layer on top. So then you'll have 12 mil and yeah, with the six mil original won't be that, um, as effective as the other six mil layer, but, and that's, um, typically a clear plastic, heavy duty plastic. You can buy that from the big box stores, hardware stores. Um, and, uh, you might be able to do it yourself or you might not. Uh, the typical, uh, installation now requires a hundred percent coverage. So you're trying to cover a hundred percent of the, of the ground in your crawl space versus, you know, 15 years ago, it was 80, 85%, but now they're, they're saying a hundred percent is what you want to cover. Um, so that's a real basic, uh, solution, uh, aside from addressing the things we talked about earlier, which is the outside sources that are causing a lot of it. And sometimes you'll see where it's not an outside source. Some people are, their house was built on a, on a well, on a spring. Uh, that just is an area where water just naturally comes up. And mm-hmm. I've seen that in some circumstances, which is, uh, a little bit more difficult to deal with. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you how do you solve that? Yeah, that's uh, well. That bec- then you start doing some real creative drainage mm-hmm. solutions under the house, and and you got to work around your footings and your foundations. So um, that that becomes expensive and an ongoing maintenance issue. And sometimes it's, it requires pumps, some pumps and things. Um, and then you can uh, do a full scale dry sealed crawl space, which entails um, not only is the floor, the, the dirt wrapped, but also uh, the foundation mm-hmm. and uh, up the piers, all the piers that you have under the house are wrapped to a certain point and um, eliminating your um, foundation vents and um, or stopping them up. However, for aesthetic reasons, you may not want to eliminate them completely. And then... Um, dehumidifiers would play into that as well. So, and I've seen all kinds of levels of this dry sealed crawl space. You can do a full, full scale one, like I just described, and even include some, uh, some foam on the perimeter on, you know, before you put the plastic up to assist with, uh, uh temperature differentiations and, and moisture, uh, or you can just do different levels of it. Now you don't want to, I went out to a house, uh, three months ago and they have a dehumidifier under the house and they were real proud of it and they have a vapor barrier, but they're cross, they still have foundation vents. So why would you have foundation vents and have a dehumidifier? Cause basically you're dehumidifying <laughs> the world. <laughs> right. And I made them aware of that and I recommended that we go into the house and, and at least stop up those foundation vents so that you're not pulling, you're, you're trying to uh, deal with the moisture coming from the ground not outside as much. Um, so I see lots of different things. So uh, what, what's the main, I, I actually have a, a full sealed crawl space oh, on my, ha- my home. Uh, the original owner had that put in. Oh, and so, so what kind of maintenance is involved in that? I mean, there's, I have a dehumidifier down there as well. But. Yeah. Changing the filters on the dehumidifier uh, every three to six months, I think is what they recommend. It depends on the dehumidifier, mm-hmm. making sure that dehumidifiers uh, piping, uh, is not stopped up. Make sure it's draining where it needs to be. And, and typically, you can look outside your um, your crawl space and see that. And uh, obviously, you don't want that thing just spilling out right beside your foundation because <laughs> then it's you're just, come back and yeah, right. you're dealing with it again. Right. Um, and um, 
just making sure that the uh, the system is still adhered to the foundation and to the piers. You know, it's usually caulked mm-hmm. is the way they do that. And just making sure that you don't have areas where moisture, where something's pulled away on the plastic liner. And it's usually a 10 mil, 12 mil product uh, there that moisture is not coming up in certain areas. So it needs to be checked occasionally, just like anything, like your car. And right. we've talked about that a hundred times. You always, you have to maintain everything you have, right? Otherwise of it gets taken over by, yeah. by nature. So. And the uh, the preventative measures are always a lot easier than Absolutely. waiting until you have a big problem. A pound of, pound, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of gold. That's right. 919-860-9783 if you've got a question for us. 919-860-9783 if you want a chance to talk to Tim on making your home great here on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great. Tim Ferruzzi here with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. I am Jason Kong in for Dave Alexander this week, who I believe is uh, is just relaxing up in New York. Um, perhaps he's uh, in some sort of Broadway show. Who knows? Dave's a man of many talents, and he, he's very secretive about it as well. So who knows what he could be doing in New York, Tim? <laughs> we don't know. 919-860-9783 if you've got a question. We're talking about crawl spaces right now, but we'll take your calls on anything uh, related to home repair. 919-860-9783. The folks from the Shed Depot will be here in uh, in about 10 or 15 minutes or so, and we look forward to that conversation. But uh, let's uh, let's wrap up our discussion on on crawl spaces, Tim. Um, we 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 just got done talking about uh, the the fully sealed or fully yep. uh, closed off crawl spaces. Um, lots of maintenance, well, not lots of maintenance, but some maintenance goes on in that. And uh, are, are there any other preventative measures that people can take? Well, those are the main things. Um, obviously, keeping track of what's going on under your house, uh, changing the insulation every. Uh, 15 to 20 years um, taking care of what's going on outside your house is important uh, because it relates to what's inside under your house and inside your house and uh, rule of thumb I've heard is 85 percent um, of what's outdoors or under your house ends up in your house so controlling the air quality under your house makes a big difference on what goes on in your house because realize your air conditioning is removing moisture from the air. That's what air conditioning mainly does is it removes moisture from the air and it's a cooling process. And um, so the more moisture you have under your house, the harder your heating and air system has to work inside the house. So uh, trying to control uh, that well um, can make a difference on your, your utility bills as well as how hard your system's having to work so you don't have to replace your system as often, your unit, mm-hmm. your heating and air unit, if you're controlling what's going on under the house. So, um, and and just the comfort in general, right? Sure. Uh, how comfortable is it in the house? I've I've had people call up and say I'm smelling something. I think it's coming from the crawl space, and uh, you know, a lot of times it's moisture related. So, um, don't discount uh, what's going on under the house. Uh, it's important to, to keep tabs on it and uh, to have 
an assessment done, even if you have to go under there and take a, a flashlight and uh, a mask would be a good idea and maybe some goggles and, and your old clothes and just go crawl around under there. Um, be, you know, be watch for the spiders though, and watch for the snakes yeah. and <laughs> the other things. So, you know, tuck your jeans into your socks. Yeah. Yeah. So just, uh, <laughs> be careful of all that. And, and, uh, probably a good idea to call a pro that can, and do that kind of thing for you. And then of course being under a pest contract would, would alleviate some of that. Of course, you're going to pay for that, but, um, it's money well spent because that is your structure. That's the structure of your home. Right. Um, so you need to know what's going on. Now you mentioned uh, air conditioning. Is there? Are, could there be any warning signs that you may notice with your air conditioning if you have a moisture problem in your crawl space, whether it's a, a lot of drainage or? Um, you know, maybe I don't know that answer uh, that well. How to answer that? But uh, a heating and air guy could probably sure. help you with that. But um, just glancing under the house, opening the crawl space, and glancing will tell you a lot. So now, are do the majority of homes in North Carolina have a crawl space, or is it, yep. is it pretty well split? Yeah, no, I'd say it's. Uh, I think generally speaking, ninety uh, percent of homes have crawl spaces, and uh, the other ten percent have um, uh, slabs. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've got variations of that. Sometimes you have what's called a plenum. Um, I've seen a few of those where that is actually uh, tied to the heating and air system, where someone has a concrete uh instead of a dirt floor in the crawl space it's a concrete floor and it's actually is the heating and air system so the the heat and air actually go through this area that's just one big basement if you will Mm -hmm. but it's crawl space and the air comes into the house i guess it's filtered from there i don't know much about them yeah it doesn't i yeah that's the the first time i've heard about it yeah um, so what are the main advantages, I guess, of having a crawl space then? I mean, obviously it... Oh, yeah. Having a crawl space, there's a big advantage because uh, you can service your plumbing. You can service uh, the electrical that's under there. It's easier to add things if you want to add things, such as a bathroom, uh, things like that. You know, whereas uh, concrete slabs, sometimes if the plumbing cracks, you have to dig up the whole slab or part of the slab and it becomes very uh, expensive. Yeah, 919-860-9783 if you'd like to chime in. We've got Beverly in Chapel Hill. We're talking crawl spaces. Hey, Beverly, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. I just had a comment about um, the fellow and what he said about crawl spaces. Mm -hmm. Uh, The house that we had in Virginia had, um, we had a crawl space, and it was was the entire length of the house, and... um, my husband did the French drain and all that, and he put in the uh, PVC pipe that he's speaking about. But um, we still got had a problem with the water underneath of the house, and he put down the um, black plastic uh, that you were talking about the um, on the floor, and. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just about what that did was keep the water underneath the plastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very, uh, Beverly, it's a very complicated uh, system. All this kind of works together, so it is a true system. You have to address more than just one thing, and you've got to really know what you're doing um, yeah. with this. So, so 
you know, you can put in French drains incorrectly. Uh, you can miss things that you should have done when you did it. Um, and we did have to re- uh, replace, um, I think, three of our um, beams underneath the yeah. house. Yeah. And it got to be real. <laughs> yeah, a real headache. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you really do need to just kind of look at it as a whole system and how everything ties into this and that. So I appreciate you calling. Yeah, Beverly, thank you so much. Absolutely. 919-860-9783 if you want to chime in as well. Uh, if you have a situation similar to Beverly, it's probably time to log on to handyhelpersremodel.com and, yeah. and get an expert out there to, to help you out because – um, you know, we've we've offered some solutions here, but uh, as you said, if you install a drain incorrectly or if you're, uh, again, treating uh, symptoms and not the actual problem, then you, you can get yourself you know, into trouble. Another thing you can do, and I did this on my house uh, 12 years ago, is bring in sand. Uh, I brought in mortar sand as, as part of a solution. I've done that on different situations, bringing in sand and just help as an absorption want to squeeze in Brenda here before we reach the top of the hour. Hey, Brenda, in Apex, you're on Making Your Home Great. Wow, this is the first time I've ever, ever called, but I love listening, so I get a lot of information. Good. Tim, I'm a local realtor and been in the business many, many years, so what you're saying about crawl spaces is so true. Um, they are our Achilles heel sometimes, but my question for you is, what is now the rule of thumb besides 100% coverage, because I went through the years when it was 85% on the vapor barrier, what's the rule of thumb on when you open and close those vents in your crawl space? You know, that's a, a good question, because I forget, <laughs> believe it or not. You, know, well, you try to remember so many things. Um, yeah. I think, generally speaking, they're closed during the winter time and open during the summer, but I could be wrong on that. The um, I don't pay a lot of attention, to, a lot of attention to that. But I should, I should. You would think I would, being in the business. But I think you know a lot of these that open and close with the little um, humidistats. I believe yes. that's what happens is they close during the winter and open during the summer. But I'm not a hundred percent on that. Okay. And one other quick question: We get a lot of mold. Um, and mold, of course, is a very scary thing to most people, but a lot of times it's just slight white mold. What are your recommendations for treating that? Because a lot of times when you call in a mold remediation company, they just get really, really extreme. Yeah, you're talking about the crawl space, right? You're talking about crawl spaces? It's really common. Yeah, and you're talking about crawl spaces? I am. Okay. We've just used just some mildicides. You can buy some mildicides at Lowe's, and uh, we have to cut out here soon, uh, but just mildicides, um, and obviously you want to be protected when you're doing that. Something as simple as bleach, but again, you got to know how to mix it, and you got to make sure you're not, because confined spaces are deadly, especially when you're using that material. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Making Your Home Great. I am Jason Kong, in for Dave Alexander this week, Tim Ferruzzi with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing alongside me. Tim, uh, we're, we're at the halfway point. Um, I'm, I, I haven't you know, caused the station to implode yet, no, so I, I think we're doing okay. You're doing fine. 
Well, we've also got uh, Josh Payne in here in the studio with uh, with Shed Depot. Hey, good afternoon to you, Josh. Thanks for being on the program. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks very much for having me. Looking forward to talking sheds and, and home improvement with you guys. So thanks for having me. Well, yeah, we're certainly going to do that. And uh, basically, you know, for someone who's looking for a shed, they have something that, hey, I, I need a place to put this. And then once you figure that out, there's there's a lot of different options and different ways you can go from there. So uh, once you find someone with that issue and who needs a solution, a la a shed, where do you go from there? You know, how do you find the right fit for someone? Uh well, we start with, you know, what are you going to use it for? Mm-hmm. If it's storage, how much storage space do you need? What kind of items are you putting in there? Is it a riding lawnmower? You need a ramp? You need a certain amount of, of space? So we sort of start with what are you going to use it for uh, and then work our way into size, uh, styling. Um, do you have a homeowners association where you have specific requirements uh, for your shed to meet those um, homeowners association covenants. So we start with what are you going to use it for and try and get as much information about the customer, their lifestyle, uh, and their issue that they're trying to solve, and then we kind of go from there. So is, is storage kind of the, the number one thing, or is it can it does it vary wildly? Um, I would say storage is the number one thing, but it does vary uh, wildly, um, and it's getting more so. You know, there's a lot of TV shows with um, man caves and she sheds, and there's just a lot of new uses for hobby she spaces sheds. and she. Yeah, that's I, that's a new term to me. She okay, shed. yep. What is that? That's the new man cave for her. So, uh, uh, is, it, is it like a little hobby place, or is it a TV and beer? Uh, <laughs> It could be either. It could be either. We don't judge. So, um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of hobby spaces. We've mm-hmm. had folks that um, have used them for exercise, workout rooms. We've had folks that use them for their craft, whatever it is. You know, obviously wood shops um, and hangout rooms or we've had pool rooms and pool houses. And so a lot of different things other than, than just storage and even even within storage some folks are collectors of a specific type of type of item, and so um, even just within storage, there's a lot of different things to to consider, and a lot of so different ways people use them. So, are you building these mostly on site? No, in fact, everything that we build is uh, built in our manufacturing facility, okay. which is uh, in southern Chatham County in Goldston, okay. um, and we're based out of Sanford in our our home, I guess, home base um, sales. Center is right off US one in in Sanford. Okay, but you'll work all over Wake County, Chatham County, Orange County, all of it. Yeah, we deliver. I mean, we even deliver to the coast. We yeah. can build to meet um, building code requirements, including you know coastal regions, 130 mile an hour wind zones. So you come out and assess what needs to be done, and you build this offsite, and you bring and deliver it. Uh, Pretty much. Um, usually, uh, the customer will come into our, our sales facility. We do have some retail locations other than just our Sanford one. Um, but they'll come in and they'll say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Um, we go through a series of questions about their property. Uh, is there access for us to be able to get our, um, our equipment and the building into the place? If they need it, we can also come to a, a site visit and um, assess what needs to be done to, to get the building where it needs to go uh, but we do build everything in our manufacturing facility um, I guess our niche is being able to do a lot of the same things that you know an on-site general contractor would do in terms of um, materials 
but then also offering some of the efficiency and, and cost advantages of, of building everyday rain or shine in a manufacturing facility. So when you that brings up a point. So when you're carrying these buildings and they have shingles on them and you're driving it down the road, how do you how do you handle the shingles not blowing off at 60, 70 miles an hour? Do you do you use a, a wrapping of some kind or has that not been an issue? Uh, it's not a huge issue. Okay. I mean, it does happen from yeah. time to time, but um, particularly this time of year, usually that building um, is sitting outside of our – we build it, shingle it, paint it, and then move it outside. If it yeah. sits outside for a few hours this time of it's year, it's, it's pretty good. So you just don't drive that fast, right? Yeah, and they're not driving 70 yeah. miles yeah. an yeah. hour. Yeah. Uh, these buildings are wide loads. We go as large as 14 by 36. Um and so, you know, fourteen they, feet by thirty-six feet, you yep. can move a building that big. We sure can. Wow, that's impressive. So you have to get special permits and things for that. Yeah, anytime you go fourteen foot wide, um, it's considered a an extra wide load. You have to have an, an escort vehicle and um, special trip. Now, what was that fourteen by thirty-six building? What was that? <laughs> yeah, where, where did that go? <laughs> um, it's like a small house. It is. It okay. is. We've done. We've done several of them. So have you done? You, so you've done some of the this new fad with the small houses type uh, things. We've had some folks who have who have worked with our engineer. Our buildings are engineered to meet building code as accessory structures, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. not habitable space. But yep. we have had some folks that have worked uh, with our engineer to take Operating. it from from there to uh, to a habitable space. And, and we're looking at some opportunities in the future to, to kind of take that step too. So, mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, I, you drive by some of the big box stores and you see some of these sort of prefabricated ones. And uh, what, what's the difference in the quality between what, what you guys are doing and what you may see, you know, driving down the road for, for something that may have been sitting there for months? Um, well, we use quality materials, um, and our framing techniques are uh, much more similar to what you would have in a house. Mm-hmm. When we started uh, over 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, um, it was uh, house framers. So we frame them like you would a house, 16-inch on center, um, double top plates, in uh, anything 12 wide. We use 2x6 trusses. We use hurricane clips. We've got our buildings designed by our engineer to meet building code, not only in the way the building itself is put together, but in the way we set it up, where we place our piers, how we tie it into the to the ground, anchor it in to the ground. So um, we uh, we put more lumber in it, and we use top quality materials. We use um, our flooring and our standard siding is by LP. Um, and it, both of those are specifically designed to be used in a shed, so they won't wick moisture, um, and they're backed by a warranty up to 50 years from LP against not only moisture but also termites. Um, and then we, we also use vinyl siding, and uh, increasingly we're using James Hardy uh, siding on our sheds. So when someone wants to match their home, do you – automatically do a site visit for that or do they just bring pictures and plans and things and you kind of work off of that uh it depends um a lot of times we use sherwin williams paint and so a lot of times people come to us and they say look i know i need to match my house Mm -hmm. here's a picture it's james hardy you know plank siding and here's the sherwin williams color so if we know that information um you know we don't even have to go to their house but don't they sometimes try to uh, match the house design as well, like maybe the way the overhangs look and 
maybe the wind, the way the windows look. Can you get that detailed? Uh, we can. Um, I Most mean, people we, aren't willing to do that, or they're not interested. It's a trade-off. You know, we we sort of go through that process with them. We've had people that have custom it ordered. Costs more money, right? Oh, I, yeah. 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 Um, you know, if you order uh, custom windows from Lowe's or something like that, we've done that and put them in sheds. But obviously, that's that's more expensive than your you know your stock options. So we we go through that with the customer. We got experienced salespeople that are used to sort of walking them through that and and finding that perfect kind of value level for what what folks are looking for. Yeah. So when you build it off, I guess we need to take a break, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We got to pay some bills here, Tim. We've, we've, we've got uh, Josh Payne here in the studio with Shed Depot and uh, Tim Feruzzi, of course, with. Handy Helpers and uh, Highland Residential Roofing. We're taking your calls as well, 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. If you got a question related to uh, a shed or anything in that realm, we got the guy here to answer that question. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF 919-860-9783. If you want to chime in, 919-860-9783. Tim Ferruzzi of <clears throat> excuse me, Handy Helpers and uh, Highland Residential Roofing. I'm Jason Kong filling in for Dave Alexander this week. And Josh Payne is in the studio. He's with uh, the Shed Depot. Josh, what do you call a uh, a shed expert is it a, is it a shedman uh shedologist uh, what, what do you call someone who is is the master shedman um i i really couldn't tell you um <laughs> i'm sure people have called us all kinds of things but <laughs> um yeah i guess uh, i guess we're sh- shed experts i, I would say you're a builder builder, builder yeah, yeah. builder fits yeah okay. um construction so how do you get in? How did you personally get into into? Uh, well, I'll say the shed game. How did, how did you get into? Where'd you uh, go to school? Yeah. Start with start with that. Where'd you go to college? Okay. Uh, well, originally I'm from Sanford, um, and then I went to UNC Chapel Hill um, and graduated with a, a BSBA from there in 2003, um, and I spent some summers um, working for my uncle, uh, who's a home builder developer in the Wilmington area. Um, and then after school, I, I lived in Colorado for a year and worked in a construction office there. Um, and then found my way back to, to North Carolina and worked with a home builder developer in the, the local area and learned even more about framing and home construction and those kind of things. Um, and then in 2008, um, a friend of mine um, had his dad had a company that uh, he needed to try and grow a little bit and he thought hey maybe maybe this guy could help us grow our sales he's got you know construction knowledge and experience but also business administration um, experience so so 2008 i mean that was right around the the housing bubble so you really earned your chops in that regard yeah well i mean that's probably one of the reasons i, I ended up getting into sheds as well is uh <laughs> there was uh Fewer opportunities uh-huh. uh, certainly then than there are right now in construction. So, um, you know, things happen for a reason, and I was extremely fortunate to, to fall in with a pretty talented group of folks from 
uh, our framers and builders, they can do all kinds of different roof designs um, to match your house. We do dormers, we do hip roofs, we do um, side gables, and I mean, we we have folks coming in these days with pictures that they found on Pinterest or uh, in a shed magazine, so we're constantly tinkering and doing things that uh, we've maybe not quite done before. Um, so we got super talented uh, framers uh, that work with us, and then our delivery guys are are excellent as well. They um, We deliver these with a piece of equipment that's similar to like a miniature off-road forklift, and so we put some wheels on one end of the building, put this forklift on the other, and we can kind of drive it into place almost like parallel parking a car. Hmm. Um, so we don't need to get the entire truck and trailer pull all through your yard and damage your your yard and your grass we can we can just move the building itself into place and we found we do a lot less damage than even a build on site crew because there's not foot traffic and materials you know wearing a path through your yard for one or two days at a time so um we feel like we've struck a, a great balance between efficiency and and also you know some of those custom capabilities so your siding, so if a customer comes to see you, uh, let's talk about some of the options that you can provide as far as siding, different types of siding and, and windows and things, doors, what you might do to help them. Um, well, our basic is um, what's called LP smart panel siding. Um, it's an engineered siding um, that's treated with a, a zinc borate, similar to what they treat your house for termites with. Um, so it's resistant to um, water and also to termites, and it comes in four by four foot wide by panels from eight to twelve feet long, um, and that's the most economical weather resistant siding. That's our our standard and and what we started with. Uh, we can paint that in a variety of colors. We use Sherwin Williams paint, so we can match your house and. Um, that has that particular siding has um, vertical grooves every eight inches, um, almost like a T one eleven. It's very similar, yeah. very similar, um, but less porous. So if it ever needs to be repainted, doesn't take a lot of paint, mm-hmm. and much more resistant to the the elements. And it has a warranty of fifty years. Uh, fifty years from LP. Yep. And we back everything that we build um, for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, materials, workmanship. And uh, even even releveling, that's probably our most common, uh, I guess, warranty issue is, hey, if it settles a little bit, we'll come out no charge and uh, and relevel it for you. And then from there, customers either due to, um, you know, their own preferences or requirements more often than not from homeowners associations right. to match the exact vinyl of their house or to match um, a so lap vinyl, siding. So vinyl siding would be another option vinyl siding is an option we have about 12 standard colors that we that we use but we also have customers come in and say i need this brand this profile and we can we can search that out and find it for them too Um, and then the two newest products we've gotten into in the last three to four years are uh, lap siding Um, lp makes a lap siding that's got the same 50-year warranty as their panel product, um, but it uh, gives you the appearance of, of a horizontal uh, lap siding, and that 
meets kind most like homeowners association requirements. Kind of looking like the old siding from the old days, or it might have a bead on it to look like masonite or cedar. Or Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, most of the time, it's got a, a wood grain yeah. uh, finish to it, but they yeah. do make a smooth beaded oh, product, mm-hmm. um, and it meets most homeowners association requirements to match siding, mm-hmm. even if they have like a James Hardy or something like that, which is a little more expensive, but we can also also do that. Also, the Hardy material, the fiber cement is more expensive than the LP stuff? It is. Yep, yep it is. So you can put that on as well? We can. Fiber, okay. Yep, we've uh, had a very good uh, relationship lo- um, recently with uh, with James Hardy. They've been very cooperative. They've come in and give our given our framers uh, instructions, even given us equipment to, to be able to install their product properly. And um, we've seen uh, very good results with that. How about shelves? I mean, can you add shelving inside these buildings and can you make them taller for some people that may want some additional storage? Yes, we sure can. Uh, we do workbenches, shelves. We do what we call a stacker shelf. Was It's like three tiers of shelving mm-hmm. for paint cans and totes and all those things that uh, that you want to get up off the floor. Um, and then we also do a loft storage uh, so that you can walk under under the loft and keep Christmas decorations or whatever up above your head that you don't need to get to necessarily every day. And um, one of the advantages we have over your your typical shed builder, uh, the ones that deliver fully assembled, is that we have a custom designed trailer that sits much lower to the ground mm-hmm. than than your. Uh, stock models do so what that allows us to do is legally haul a taller building so we can we can bring you a building that uh, has sidewalls up to nine feet and a, and a total height up to 12 feet so so you get I, under the bridges yep. yep yep jason you mentioned something earlier about floors how, how are your floors typically the floor joists does how, what type of material how thick are they how do you frame them what's um, so we have uh, basically at the bottom of the building, we have what are called skids or runners. Mm-hmm. It's a four-by-six pressure-treated um, piece of lumber that stretches the length of the building, mm-hmm. um, so anywhere from 8 foot to 36 feet. Wow. Uh, we use three to five of them depending on the width. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, we have pressure-treated floor joists that are 16 on center mm-hmm. unless – Sometimes people request 12-inch on center, and we can do that as well. Uh, and then on top of that, it's either 5-8-inch tongue and groove LP pro-struck flooring, which has the same uh, properties as the siding um, and is warranted for up to 10 years. Um, so if they want treated three-quarters, you'll do that? Mm-hmm. And are the the floor joists, are they typically 2 by 6s 2 by 8s Does it just depend on what they want? It depends on what they, they want. Um, not two. Are they using two by fours? We use two by fours actually as our standard okay. because um, the the height it gives you more room inside right. the building, right. and because of the amount of four by six runners we use right. and the engineering on our strength, on our yeah. pier system, because they're like girders essentially. Correct, and the span never exceeds four feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it seems like there's a, a ton of customization treated options wood. and treated wood. Yeah. 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 Everything under the floors and up to the floors is treated right. um, and those floors are the only floors the LP Pro Struck that I'm aware of that are 
specifically designed for shed applications. So are you fastening with screws, nails, combinations? Yes, we use a ring shank nail um, that's made to go into pressure-treated lumber, and we also glue it down just like you would subfloor in your house. We're talking with Josh Payne of the Shed Depot, and we'll continue our conversation in just a bit. 919-860-9783. If you want to chime in, we'll be talking to Sam and Raleigh in just a bit. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing in here today. Highland Residential Roofing. Uh, Josh Payne with the Shed Depot is in as well. We're taking your calls. 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And Josh, we've got Sam and Raleigh on the line. And Sam's got a, sh- a shed question for you. So, Sam, fire away. What's up, fellas? Enjoying the show. Hey, thank you, hey, Sam. Thank Appreciate you. that. Hey, Sam. Are you offering one uh, that's heated and cooled or any split venom or that, you know, as far as air conditioning and heating? That would be something that you would do after the fact. Um, we basically deliver the, the shell, and it is engineered to meet uh, building code as an accessory building, um, but you'd want to consult with your local um, officials to make sure that the improvements that you make after that are within you know those uses. Um, and we also recommend getting a local electrician to come tie the uh, to do your electrical work and tie it in properly to the nearest. Is there any wiring in it to start with? Uh, like no, or anything? no, we don't we don't do the wiring. Again, we recommend that um, that you get that local person to get power from the nearest source to your building and then once that that's the biggest expense in mm-hmm. uh in getting power and getting electrical to a building is actually getting the power to the building and then once you you get somebody to do that you might as well get them to do the interior stuff just like you want it as well got you all right i appreciate it you're welcome thanks sam hey sam thanks for the call 919-860-9783 if you've got a question for josh or tim happy to take your calls and uh, and so yeah, the the I, I could understand that that question from uh, from Sam there, but you guys offer a, a wide range of customization options. But there's also some ready-made things that and ready-made sheds that people can pick up as well. Uh, absolutely, we do. Um, we have six different series of sheds from a value line uh, that's pretty basic, bang for your buck. We keep um, you know eight to a dozen models of just that on our Sanford location. And total, um, our our location in Sanford has about 60 models at any given time to choose from uh, in a variety of, of styles um, from our Monster Series, which is kind of the most storage you can get in a, in a building. It comes with dual lofts and um, it has nine-foot sidewalls, so it's kind of the most space for your money. And then we've got some more decorative things, too, to, to maybe spark your imagination on um, doing a little garden shed that's maybe not just like you see uh, in other places. So we've got a little bit uh, of things for everybody. And um, Probably about two-thirds of our customers, when they come in, they'll they'll say, well, I like this shed, but I need it to um, be painted in a different color or for the door to be in a different position, and so we'll, we'll build them one from scratch. That takes about three weeks, typically. Uh, if you order it this week, 
we put it into our production flow for the following week and takes about a week in production on average and then we set it up for delivery that following week so about three weeks on so do on you guys deal. have a uh, other than visiting the site is there another way to see your products absolutely we have a, a, a web page that uh, we're um, working to continually improve all the time and, and add pictures particularly of some of the m- more custom stuff we do so if you want to check out sheddepotnc.com um, you can see pictures, pricing. We put prices on there for all of our models so you get an idea of, you know, what features you're looking for and what price point it may be. Um, and then we've got an idea gallery on there with some of the cooler things that we've done for folks, too, to, to speaking, get you some ideas. Speaking of some of the cooler things, since you've been there, the history of, of, the, of the facility, what are some of the uh, projects that you've done that kind of stand out? I guess when I when I first started, which was uh, end of 08, uh, 2008, um, we had basically an an A-frame and it looked like you know looks like your standard ranch style home, and then we had a barn shape. This is the traditional uh, kind of farm barn shape or gambrel roof look, um, and mostly based on customer feedback, we've sort of developed some some new products with steeper roof pitches, dormers, side gables, um, hip roofs. Uh, I'd say some of the cooler projects we've done, we did one in downtown Charlotte um, late last year that had um, the lady was going to use it. She was going to turn it into a home office. Mm -hmm. She and her husband both worked like two days a week from their house and commuted back and forth to work the other days. And uh, her neighbor, um, this was in kind of a trendy part of Charlotte, her neighbor was a an architect, and he drew something up, and she sort of put it out to bid, I guess, to several uh, different shed companies, and we were able to work with her. She had purchased her own windows um, wholesale, I guess, on the Internet, and so we figured out a way to get those shipped to our location uh, in Chatham County in Goldston where we built them, and we sort of took his engineered design and adapted it to what we could do, and, and I think we came up with a, a really cool interpretation of, of his design. And actually, it's it's gone into a, an entire series of its own, which is a um, it's called our Modern Series. So it's got your basic shed roof, which is just one tall wall in the front and a shorter one in the back, and... Um, just a, a shed roof in between, um, but that was based on several customers. One, in fact, said, my house is mid-century modern, and I want something to match that. And so um, those are two of the cooler ones we've we've done. Um, the one in Charlotte had uh, board and batten, hardy plank siding. Um, it had sort of a inset wall on the corner. Um, with uh, a different texture and color of siding in that area. So it was a very um, cooperative process in, in getting that done. So they kind of tapered the corner like it was the corner was more of a 45? Uh, no, in this case it was a uh, it was like a six inch inset. So imagine like a six inch wide kind of step that went in to give you a, a little bit more modern appearance, I guess. Um, but there's pictures of that on our web page as well as uh, on Facebook. I got to compliment you on your website, sheddepotnc.com. I'm, I'm kind of a stickler for 
web design and navigating, and it, it's very well done. I'm in the custom shed idea gallery, and there are some some really cool sheds on here. I, I'd uh, encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, a lot of the monster sheds. I mean, I, I'm more interested in seeing how you transport some of these things because uh, they're they're huge and just about everything that you could think of. You know, I, I'm I'm really getting a feel for the customization that you're talking about here, Josh, because. Uh, just about every there's a, a cookie shed on here. There's uh, there's things with uh, garage doors. There's uh, other big barns. It's it's really impressive. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, we we enjoy it. Um, that part of the process is is challenging, but it's it's also very fun. So the the cookie shed is um, you can you should check them out. They're at the state fair every year. Mm-hmm. So we we actually ship it up there um, and back. That was some pine siding that that particular customer had. Um, sawn from their family farm um, and wanted to use that so they brought that to us and then they did the staining work but they they use it as a milk and cookie shed at the state fair so be sure and check them out we also did um, a mascot playhouse for the state fair mascot Um, that was last year so um, they do kids shows and things um, for the state fair mascot uh, from the kids playhouse. So that's tell, another. Tell cool us one. about the uh, shed that you guys are giving away. So we uh, we've been there's a flower farm called Big Bloomers in Sanford, uh, located very near us off Highway One, um, and we've been working. We we both advertise with WPTF, and we've coordinated on some live broadcasts and uh she came to us and and was interested in um a small garden shed to display at her at her flower farm and so um she she and i met at our um facility our sales center in sanford and we sort of mixed and matched and then we picked her brain on well how do you use a garden shed what features are you looking for um you know where does the potting bench need to go and and so we took bits and pieces of several sheds and then some ideas that she had uh, from online uh, as well as just kind of her experience in, in gardening. Uh, for instance, we put some plantation-style shutters that open up uh, to a potting bench and raised bed area, and she's just done a phenomenal job of um, staging it with uh, all kinds of garden interesting things uh so i encourage folks to go on our website and register we're going to be giving that away in november um and if you purchase a shed between now and then and you're registered then we'll uh we'll give you two thousand back uh two thousand dollars back towards your purchase so don't feel like you gotta you gotta wait uh to buy a shed so say that again so the shed is uh the shed have a raffle it's going to be free but we didn't want folks to say, well, I'm hoping for the raffle, so I'm going to wait till then. <laughs> right. So we said, if you buy one, we'll give you the value, you know, our our value on that shed of $2,000 back um, towards whatever purchase you've made in the meantime. So if you if you register. So if you win that shed and mm-hmm. you don't need it. Correct. You're going to give them $2,000 back is what you're saying. Okay. Correct. I'll yep. make sure. Yep. Very good. And yeah, sheddepotnc.com is where you can go. Uh, the the registration pop-up comes up immediately once you're there, so uh, you can't miss it. Or, as you said, you can head out to uh, to Big Bloomers and, and register there. Well, we're going to continue our conversation on sheds in just a bit. Josh Payne is here in the studio, as well as Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. We're, we'd love to take your calls as well, 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great. I am Jason Kong in for Dave Alexander this week. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing alongside me. And our guest right now is Josh Payne. He's with Shed Depot. You can find more information about them at sheddepotnc.com. And Josh, during the break, we were having a, a nice little discussion here and uh, we were talking about uh, you know the transportation because that's uh, to me, what, one of the most fascinating things of, of what you do is you uh, you, you build them at, at your own facility and then you transport them back to uh, to the customer. Um, and and so, how does how does the pricing for that work? Uh, delivery and setup is included in mm-hmm. the price uh, up to seventy miles from Sanford. Okay. Uh, after that, it would be based on how far away you are and how big the building is. Um, but yeah, delivery and setup is included, and so. It's not just the the delivery, um, it's actually the setup. So we include the concrete blocks for leveling up to 12 inches in ground slope. Um, We don't just block the corners, we block about every six feet on the center um, runner or skid and also the outside runners. Uh, And then any building that exceeds 12 by 12 is subject to building code requirements and we go ahead and include um, ground anchors in that as well. So that's not an additional charge. We include that. So, um, And all of our deliveries are made with our, our mule, which is the off-road forklift that I talked about earlier. So um, it, it really is a lot more than just showing up and rolling it off the back of the, the truck. And that's all included. And if, if I've got a a moat in my backyard or uh you know an obstacle course then you know there there may be you know some additional things to take care of if you've got a unique situation correct um yeah there's there's some situations where uh, we go through a a a checklist i guess i'll say of of questions uh, with the customer before we sell them a building and so if there's a concern there that um, we also offer free site checks and we'll come out and make sure we, we don't want to end up with a, a building um, on a truck that just won't fit when we get there so um, we, we try and go through a series of questions and determine hey is a site check warranted do we need to go out there and, and take a look and then you know do trees need to come out or fences or any of those other obstacles we'll we'll work with the customer to figure out the best way to to do it and you said earlier that um you're responsible during the delivery as far as the condition of the building. So it becomes theirs once it's set up, but you handle all issues up to the point of setting up and walking away, transportation, all of it, you're liable for any issues. Yes. the Because cus- some situations, you know, people say, well, once it leaves the facility, it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. But in your case, that's not. Yeah, it wouldn't be your responsibility until we, we finish setting it up and you there's a um, you know, a delivery sign-off sheet to make sure you're happy. And, you know, if something happens, which it can, we've had, you know, materials hit a building, you know, while we're going down the road and yeah. repairs need to be made or something like hopefully that. And we'll take their, care of not, it. Hopefully not their house, right? Uh, yeah, we haven't. <laughs> yes, hopefully not their house. But, uh, again, we're we're confident our, our delivery guys are very talented in using the equipment. And um, we get rave reviews all the time from customers who – don't really know what what they're in store for i think with a lot of your build on site companies you kind of know what they're going to do they're going to bring the pieces in and construct it there whereas this is a little new and let's talk about that warranty i think you may have hit on it a little bit but what what do you offer as far as warranty of your product and what are you willing to do after the fact i mean are you once you set it up and leave 
are you do you do you ignore them or do you take care of things that need to be handled later on maybe with settling or whatever happens no we take care of things so we we warranty the building for materials and workmanship um for five years wow. uh, that includes leveling uh, which is our most common um i guess warranty claim so you know, if your door starts to stick a little bit or something like that, usually it just means that uh, that ground was a little soft. And so we'll come out, no charge. We'll re-level it for you. Um, the only things we don't cover would be um, the paint um, and any storm damage or things that would be covered under your homeowners association. Now, do you do overhead doors on some of these? We do. Yep, we do uh, two types of overhead doors. We do um, a coal-style door, similar to what you would see in a mini storage, where it rolls up mm-hmm. into a little canister above the door. Mm-hmm. And then we also do a, a, a house-type panel-style garage door up to nine foot wide by seven feet tall. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty big. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, you you are also talking about the transportation. So if uh, if I move and I've I've bought a shed with you guys, I do have the option to call you guys back out and you can take my shed with me because uh you know i've got my custom shed and i want to bring it with me that that is an uh, option as well yep that's an option um can we that, leave the stuff in it while you're doing it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes can we put all the stuff in the house that's right. in there and yeah, there? J- just saran wrap it and then you know let let josh take care of it after that we can do s- moving with some stuff in it but we we have learned our lesson the hard way over the years that we have to be <laughs> pretty specific yeah. on that uh we we've gone to a couple with you know half of a garage in there and uh you know motors and all kinds of super heavy stuff <laughs> that we couldn't move but, but you will move it but we will That's move great. it yep. yep yep yeah and that that process is I'm, I'm guessing it's about the same as setting it up just in reverse right yep so we come out there and we uh get our our mule out and um unblock it and unanchor it if it's got anchors and pick all of, all of our stuff and i just have this load vision, it back on the shed. i just have this vision when you say that of someone buying a house and they think they're getting the shed and of course they come back to the house after closing and the shed's gone because the homeowner had it picked up right what how'd that happen yeah be specific in your closing uh documents yep yep yeah that uh that would be key so how big is your facility that makes all this stuff are you building a couple at a time? We build about 15 a week. Wow. Um, so our facility is about 50,000 square foot. All of our materials are stored uh, indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's part of a 200,000 square foot facility um, that's a former hosiery mill. Hmm. So we're using using some good uh, warehouse space that needed to be used. And it's perfect for us. And our framers like it because um, they get to work every day and it's not quite as hot or quite as cool um, as it would be if they were framing houses. Yep. Yep. And you're building this too. You know, if you're building something on site, um, delivery timelines can be very tricky because you got to really watch the weather. Um, And even with houses, you know, you can have rainstorms come and get everything wet and, and we don't have to deal with that. So it's nice. So if somebody wants a concrete slab under that, you would basically tell them to have that done, and then you would come put it on top of that slab? That's correct. Yep. Yep. Now, uh, from the time that I have uh, designed my shed and picked out uh, all the customization options that I want, how long from that point uh, is construction and then delivery on average? About three weeks. Three weeks. So wow, that's that's pretty good. If you order it this week, typically we put it into production next week. So mm-hmm. we frame on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
we paint on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we do shingles and metal roofs and things like that on Friday. Uh, and then everything gets pulled out um, typically over the weekend or on Monday mornings, um, and we start a, a new batch of buildings. So speaking of roofing, we didn't talk about that, did we, other than uh, architectural shingles a little bit. So you're willing to do metal roofs. Is it just a certain kind of metal roof, or what are your options there? Um, so our, our standard shingle would be a three-tab, 25-year mm. shingle, okay. but we also offer architectural shingles. Uh, both of those in choice of your four most basic colors, we keep those in stock. Okay. So weathered wood, black, gray, and, yeah. and a brown. Right. Um, and then we also offer... Uh, metal roofs from triad corrugated metal so there's a dozen or so colors that you can that you can choose from and we order that material when you purchase the building mm-hmm. so we don't keep a stock of that and that allows us to be able to give you your choice of, of more colors right. um and that's been very popular um particularly recently um you ever build any small sets of stairs or ladders inside of these things no, um, my understanding is that uh, you know ladders and things like that are a, a liability, liability issue. issue. So you have them do it themselves. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you build a ladder or something, I think you got to build a, a true staircase, and that takes up right. most of the room. In your so shed. having the taller sides that you mentioned earlier, this mansard type stuff is mainly for storage, in most cases, right? Mainly, but it also gives you the ability to utilize your floor space as well as your your. But you are willing, you're willing to plywood the upper area for them, and then they have to build their own ladder or stairway to get yeah, to it? Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Um, and our buildings are up to 12 feet tall, so uh, our Monster Series is nice because the loft space, you know, is a six-foot-six guy could walk underneath it, and we have a lot of folks who put a workbench under there for their woodworking shop, and the, the floor is free, but they still got plenty of storage above their heads mm-hmm. without having to, you know, kind of duck. I like the idea that where you said that you can bring people can bring windows of their own. Say they bought windows somewhere for a real good deal, and they say, "I want to use these five in this shed you're going to build me, or this door, or this siding." You mentioned someone brought some stuff off of an old farm yep. siding. That, yep. so that's interesting. All right, Josh, we're uh, we're rapidly running out of time here. Uh, so, w- what is the best way for folks to find inf- more information about what you guys do, or if they want to go out and see some examples? What, what's the best way to do that? Uh, well, je- definitely check out our website, uh, sheddepotnc.com. It's got information about all the different series that we do. It's got our I- idea gallery, as you mentioned, on uh, some custom stuff we've done, one-of-a-kind things. It's got information about what you need to know for delivery preparation. It's got delivery videos to, to show you some of the things that, that we've been talking about today. It's got information about permitting um, and responsibilities there. And then it's also got a list of our area locations, not only in Sanford, but we have authorized dealers and other locations throughout the Triangle so they can find the one that's nearest to them. Yeah, that's SheddepotNC.com. Josh Payne, hey, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And Tim, thank you so much for uh, for having me. Uh, If you need to get a hold of Tim to make your home great, just head on over to HandyHelpersRemodel.com and get a hold of him that way. We will catch you again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Making your home great on News Radio 680 WPTF.